Bosky, and I'm here with Quinn Kennedy. And we're going to be asking Quinn some questions about college athletics and his uh, perspective on that. Okay, so what sport did you play in high school? I played soccer, tennis, and football. And that's that's a good variety you got there. Um, what could you say that you learned from all three of those collectively? Teamwork wins. Simple as that. Love that answer, love that answer. And you obviously have friends that are going to play at the college level. Uh, what's your perspective on that? I mean, obviously I think it's great for them, and being able to take their talents to the next level is awesome, so it's good to see them succeed. I'm here with Junior. Pope Hubert. And Pope, what extracurriculars do you participate in? Um, I run cross country in the fall, I wrestle um, in the winter, and I track and field during the spring. You're pretty well-rounded, I'd say. Um, Thank you. And how does each of those feed into each other? Um, cross country builds up my endurance, um, which is really helpful going into wrestling. Um, and then wrestling is when I can build up my strength for hurdles, I think, just in my legs, trying to... Uh, I guess, build quickness and things like that. Do you have a favorite? Uh, oh, is Coach Spada going to hear this? He might. Dang. Um, then it's wrestling. <laughs> excellent answer, excellent answer. <laughs> so, are you participating in sports at the college level? Now? No. Okay. And so, <laughs> looking looking at your friends that are, your peers that are, what would what's your perspective on them going to play at the college level? Um, well, Freddie's already committed for swimming, which I think is crazy. Um, I don't know, well, me personally, I don't know if I'm going to ever get to the level where I can play sports at the college level, but I think for my friends who are planning on doing it, I feel like you get to really, because you have to focus on that single sport. Um, and I'm, I'm really not super focused on any one of my sports in particular. I just kind of like to have a variety. Down, ready, set, record. Welcome to the Whole 99 Yards Podcast. I'm Derek Bosky, a senior here at Charlotte Country Day. And I'm Baker Weich. On this show, we score huge interviews and touch down on some interesting topics. We asked these football coaches about the hard-hitting life of a baller. Find out the behind-the-scenes perspective on these D1 athletes who teach at our school. The whole 99 yards starts right now. How's everybody's day going so far? I'm doing pretty good. How about y'all? Pretty normal day. Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, I'm having a good day. Happy to be in here with state champion Derek Bosky. That's exciting. Appreciate it, appreciate it. Okay, so for those listening, we are in here with former college athlete, uh, Mr. Mike Roark. And we're going to ask him a p- couple quick questions um, regarding his um, career and a couple of things uh, post-career, really, that we're just trying to get a better perspective on. So, first question we have is... What got you into college football? <laughs> so when I was a kid, uh, I used to watch football with my father all the time. And, and um, it was just the game that I was drawn to. I was also a larger kid. And, uh, you know, football is one of those games that allows for, you know, bigger kids to find a place. And um, started playing high school football in ninth grade. That was the first level of football we had. And 
turned out I was pretty good. And so that kind of created in my mind the opportunity that maybe I could go play in college, which worked out. Nice. Uh, what were some of the highlights of your college football career? Yeah, so um, so I went to Cornell University, which is Division One Ivy League, non-scholarship uh, football. So um, I got to college and had these dreams of what kind of football player I thought I was going to be, and uh, I ended up a career backup. Never, never started a game, which was obviously that's not the dream you have when you want to become a college athlete. But playing four years was um, was the right decision. Was a good decision. My senior year, we got to go play Stanford at Stanford, and uh, uh, you won't remember any of these names. I graduated in 92, but, well, you will know this name, John Lynch, who's the general manager of, I think it's the Broncos now. Is that where he is? Um, So he was a backup on that team, just to give you a sense of, like, they were pretty loaded. And at the time, they had the biggest offensive line in organized football, with the exception of the New England Patriots of that year. So their offensive line was 6'6", 3'10", and... I was a 235-pound defensive end, and um, it was a really fun experience to play at, like, a Pac-10 stadium. What was the Pac-10, now Pac-12? But but we were woefully outmatched, so it was was a humiliating experience, but it was pretty cool. That's awesome. Okay, so um, while you were playing, why was college football at the time so popular? You know, I think people have always been drawn to football. I think – you know, I hate to say it, there's probably something about the violence that draws people. Um, certainly the pageantry and, and, you know, down here in the South, college football is so much bigger than it is in the Northeast where I grew up. And th- going to a college football game is an entire experience, you know, from from tailgating to going to the game to just being part of it. And um, I think that still lingers. I think people are still drawn to that. Uh, I think you know, if you ask some seniors on campus, they at times might be thinking about, like, I want to make sure I go to a school that's got a football program where I can go to games on Saturdays and be part of the, you know, whatever that experience is, because that's also part of the, whether you play football or not, that's part of the social experience of college for, for some kids. Um, certainly not every college has it, but I think that's part of part of the popularity. Nice. Um, and did you know how far you wanted your career to go prior to playing in college? Yeah, I mean, I wanted to play in the NFL. Um, when I was getting recruited my junior year, I started to get some of the painful truths from some of the colleges that I was interested in. They were basically like, yeah, we're not interested. So that you just, you know, you kind of have to adjust your expectations. Um, you know, Cornell was probably a reach for me from a football standpoint, but academically I couldn't say no. Um and so that just that turned out to be great. And the thing that's been awesome about my football journey is playing four years of college football, even though I wasn't, you know, a significant contributor to the team on the field, has really led to, you know, 24 years of coaching and has helped me in my professional life. And I even got to go back and coach two years of college football. So um, it's really been kind of a part of my existence for, you know, ever since then. What do you wish you learned uh, before your career was over that you wish that you knew then? Yeah, I wish I learned how much it matters to work on the little things. I wish I, I wish I learned that the time you put in the weight room, the time you put in off the field is going gonna, is gonna to pay benefits on the field. That I think, you know, it was easy at times for me because I wasn't starting to prioritize other things. And looking back, you know, from a football standpoint, my experience might have been different if I had 
kind of embrace the the process to coach to coach Whitman's words, right? If I had embraced the process a little bit more, I think I might have had more on field success. Um, were there any other colleges you were interested to um, in addition to Cornell? Or was it just kind of Cornell? No, yeah. I mean, I well, like I said, I mean, I I grew, I was born in West Lafayette, Indiana. So Purdue was uh, kind of yeah. my dream school, and that clearly wasn't going to happen pretty early. So um, you know, Dartmouth was recruiting me a little bit, Cornell, and then a lot of Division three schools uh, were interested. Uh, my la- I, it came down to Cornell and Washington and Lee were the two schools that I was awesome. looking at, and. Um, you know, growing up in upstate New York, WNL was just too far. It just wasn't going to work. And um, and then you know, Cornell obviously had some other things going for it that made it the choice. All right. So, being both a, a coach and an athlete, what are some major culture changes that you've seen from high school level to the college level? So you mean since I since I since played? played? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the one of the biggest realizations for me was. Uh, so I graduated in 92. In 2003, uh, I got hired to coach to help be the uh, assistant D-line coach at the University of Buffalo, which is a MAC school. And um, and even and then the year after that, I was the linebacker coach at Cornell. Um, and what was really interesting is to see, like, the increased talent level. Um, and even, so Coach Goki, who played at Dartmouth, um, he like talent wise, he was way better than the offensive lineman that I played with. So even in the 10 years from when I graduated to when I coached at Cornell, the talent level just was incredibly, uh, was much higher than what I was used to. Awesome. What are you, um, some of the things you're excited to see change in football? Maybe some of the NIL deals or just in general? Um, I think student athletes need to be rewarded for the significant time they put in. I mean, the reality is, especially when you talk about like schools like Alabama and Clemson, those kids are going there to play sports. Like school, as much as we call them student athletes, the the academic portion is in addition to, it's not in place of. And I think we need to recognize that athletes who go to those schools are training to become professional athletes. That's the career that they're planning to seek, whether it's, you know, other kids might be investment banking or law or medicine. It's professional sports that they're working towards. And I think we need to acknowledge that. Um, I think there's a lot more we could do to ensure that if that dream doesn't come true, that they're prepared for the world beyond sports. I think that's an area that we could improve. Um, and then I think the NIL deal is, I mean, you know, where, where are the limits, right? There's got to be some, some type of control. Otherwise, it just becomes the rich get richer. And um, I think that's one of the things we're seeing right now in college football specifically. All right. Uh, what was the biggest stereotype for athletes in your day? <laughs> um, well, for football players, I mean, there's always been the dumb, the dumb jock stereotype. Um, you know, Cornell, which is an Ivy League school, there were times when I didn't want people to know that I was a football player. I mean, you know, it's, you know, it might have been obvious to some folks, but but I just wanted to be kind of recognized for my academic merits and not the athletic merits. And I think that was probably naive on my part. I don't, I don't know that people were thinking of me in that way, but, you know, we all kind of carry with us our own perceptions of the way we think people see us. And, um, you know that was a that was a stereotype that I was aware of that I tried to actively kind of work against. Would you say that real football ends at college football and the NFL is more business like, almost more than football? Like players are more in it for the money. I think the kind of commercial aspect is um, 
is showing up in college football. You referenced the NIL deals. I think it would be naive of us to think that professional athletes are you know, playing football just because of the love of the game or the love of the team. I mean, I think those things are present, but at the end of the day, it is a business, and yeah. the franchises have proven that they're going to take care of the business first and the player second. And so I think for us as fans, we need to recognize that the players need to take care of themselves and their families first and then the franchise second. And, you know, for me as a Steeler fan, you know, I hope T.J. Watt never leaves. But I also recognize the fact that at some point the Steelers are going to make a business decision and T.J. Watt's going to make a business decision and I might end up having to figure out, <laughs> you know, what, what does that mean? And that's the, that's the reality of NFL football. Um, you know, collegially – it used to be that you were with a team for five years, and so that created kind of a sense of stability. But even now with the transfer portal and all that stuff, you know, you'll see stories of guys that will play at four different schools in four years, and that's a, that's a different college football than the one I knew. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right, well, you have been great, and we appreciate you taking the time to hop on the podcast with us. So uh, We Thank appreciate so it. Hey, my pleasure, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Have you ever left the house forgetting it was a formal dress-up day? Ever forgotten your tie for convocation or wearing a t-shirt on game day? Well, do I have the solution for you. The Charlotte Country Day Buck Shop sells ties, bow ties, and these amazing polos. Ties and bow ties come in salmon, blue, green, and yellow. Choose your favorite. The adult Nike polos come in white. Choose charcoal, green, or black stripe in the polo for you. So you can look right on point while walking in the Charlotte Country Day. For all your needs, shop local at the Charlotte Country Day Buck Shop today. You're listening to the Whole 99 Yards Podcast, Playing to Teach. This is a production of the podcast and journalism class with Kick at Charlotte Country Day. What's going on, people? I'm Derek Blaskin. I'm here with Junior. Maura Cameron Jackson. And Maura, what extracurriculars have you participated in in your high school career? So freshman year, I didn't play sport because of COVID. Um, and then sophomore year, I played lacrosse. And this year, I'm not doing lacrosse, although I still do it outside of school. But now I'm doing lifeguarding because I just don't see myself playing in college, playing lacrosse in college. Although my brothers, they went to college for a sport, which, but I just don't really have any interest in going to college for my sport. Hey, what's one trait you've gained from any of the extracurriculars you've participated in? Hmm. Um, I kind of like, I used to love lacrosse, but now like I've gained a lot of interest in like working. I think that's a good like trait to have for myself when I get older. I'm here with Benny Ferry. And Benny's going to be answering a couple questions I have for him. Uh, you as a uh, high school athlete, what uh, sport did you play? I played soccer. And how was that like? It was a great experience. I got really close with a bunch of the guys. Really grew a lot as a person, not only like on the field, but like out, off the field too. And it's, it was a great experience. I remember for my whole life, I think. You know? Yeah. You have friends that are college athletes or will be going to play college. So someone who's looking outside, what's your perspective on the college athletes going to play in college? Yeah, it's pretty exciting stuff, like seeing some friends, like, you know, you got, like, Spencer, you got Mac, who are going to be going to the next level. You really see some, like, added competitiveness and added, like, work that they're putting in behind the scenes that you get, that I get to see, like, as, like, a fellow peer and friend. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely exciting to see people, like, really going to that next level and, like, stepping up, being, like, truly, like, that next level athlete, you know. 
Excellent, excellent. And one last question here for you. What's the what's the biggest stereotype you would say for athletes in your day? I'd say probably the biggest stereotype for athletes in my day would be that like they sometimes like lift a ton of weight or they're always the fastest person. I feel like sometimes they can be a really good athlete without having like, you know, that highest max in the gym or that fastest speed on the track. Okay, guys, welcome to the Whole 99 Yards podcast, and I'm here with Ben Goki, Baker Weich, and we're going to be asking Mr. Goki some uh, questions about his college football career and hopefully get a better perspective on it. Let's do it. So we're going to open up with uh, a, a broad question here. Why is college football so important? Why is it important? Um, I think people value the competitive aspects to everything where uh, people like to show pride in their school and the most public, uh, outwardly visible thing that a school can do is not where it shows up in the U.S. news rankings, whereas it shows up in sports and athletics. And are you competing and winning on Saturdays and you're winning March Madness and things like that? So people like to have a connection to it outside after they graduate, and that's an easy way to do it. So uh, what, what got you started on college football? Um college football so i was just wanted to play the sports that i loved and was uh moderately successful as a sophomore and junior in high school and then by the time i got to the end of my junior year i had gone through a little bit of a growth spurt and looked like i had some potential went to camps and mm-hmm. got other guys to look at me and or got college coaches to look at me and <laughs> <laughs> they, they gave me a chance all right what did you wish you did or didn't do before your career was over uh i wish i took care of my body a little bit better um so like while i was in college i was really good about like going to all the treatments and every time i had an injury getting the trainers to look after it and stuff and uh but as soon as i got done like my knee i had a knee surgery and then i didn't really do the rehab because like i don't really need to i'm not training to like go play a game on Saturday and mm-hmm. help support my teammates, things like that. I was just, so I wish I'd done a little bit better All right. when I was done. Did you know how far you wanted your career to go prior to playing in college? No, I didn't even think I was going to have the opportunity to play in college until um, junior, senior year when I was playing good enough in high school. Um, and even in high school, I wasn't sure just quite how good I was because we played in a very small school and a very small conference. So I didn't have any big aspirations to play in the pros or anything. I just wanted to keep have four more years of the game that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, in your opinion, what's the biggest difference from being a coach and an athlete since you've been both? Uh, the biggest difference is that as a player, you can just uh, take the instructions that the coach give you and execute them. You don't need to be involved in the – like what formation to line up in to get the defense to look a certain way. You don't need to be involved in the uh, when to call what play and how and mm-hmm. what situation and things like that. You just you're told to do a job and you do it. Um, and in some ways, that makes me a good like employee at like the desk job that I had. <laughs> um, but as a coach, you need or a good coach. You're not just taking what the offense coordinator tells you to do and execute that with your players. You're actually involved in the the scheming and the strategy and how to use formations and how to, what plays to run and how to take advantage of your strengths and their weaknesses. And, uh, it's more of a bird's eye level, high level 
view of how to attack the game. Mm-hmm. What are you excited to see change, hopefully, in football? I'm hopeful that the uh, – I'm excited by the, the change in coaches' mentality to reduce contact a little bit. So my coach in college was – didn't think that we were tough enough and didn't work hard enough, and he made us go live in pregame and, uh, to make sure that we were ready to go. And he's done a complete 180, and he was one of the leaders in – taking tackling out of practice mm. and got the whole conference to ban tackling in practice for all four years of college. Um, so if like he is this old school, hard headed guy can like recognize the benefit of, well, if we just reduce contact to practice, it's not going to make the guys any less tough um, and less desire to win and hit. Uh, but it will reduce injuries and have a much better experience for the guys. And let's go that direction. Mm. All right. What was some of the biggest stereotypes for athletes in your day? Um, the how would I phrase this? The, the work hard, play hard mentality, where the the people on campus who were doing the most partying and getting the most trouble and on Saturday nights and stuff were were generally not like the regular students. Uh, uh, it was always the athletes who felt like they deserved or they had earned the right to go. Uh, drink and be stupid rather than uh, just like take an easy night off, um, which was the opposite of what I would have expected because I thought athletes would have been like, oh, we need to like help our bodies and like make sure we're ready to go to help support the team. So just the partying and some of the 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 dumb jock stereotypes were probably mm-hmm. the, wor- the worst ones I encountered. All right. Do you agree with the opinion that real college football stops at the college football level and the NFL is more business? Yeah, it depends. Different people have a different definition of what real football is. Like sometimes it's the most pure when it's just a bunch of kids playing in a backyard and mm-hmm. uh, they're not they're not doing it for money. They're not doing it for for anything. So the the level and the caliber and strategy and the athleticism of all the players is way higher in the NFL, uh, but it's definitely a business that all the players, all the coaches, they're looking out for themselves. And if there's somebody else who's willing to pay you more money, they're going to take that offer and go somewhere else. So there's a little bit less loyalty and um, more of a business. But it's still the, the game itself. is That's the pinnacle of it for sure. All right. Well, that's all we have for you today. Thank you for joining us on the whole Thank 99 you. Yards podcast. Wicked. It's been fun. Thanks for listening to the whole 99 Yards podcast. Make sure to tune into our side hustle podcast, the entire 90.5 meters. <laughs> Just kidding. This is your host, Derek Bosky, and I'd like to thank Mr. Roark and Mr. Goki for joining us today. Once again, congrats to our very own Derek Bosky for winning both the conference and the state championships for wrestling. Thanks, Baker. I'll see you out there on the golf course. Go Bucks. This is a production of the podcast and journalism class with Kick at Charlotte Country Day.